What's good, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Tank You NBA Draft Podcast. My name's Aaron Canusio. Joining me once again is Pat McMahon, back from his vacation. Sorry for the little hiatus we had. You know, there's not much basketball going on right now uh, pertaining to the college basketball and men's NBA. So, you know, we've kind of been taking our time, been on vacation, doing our own thing, and now we're back to kind of recap some things that have happened with the NCAA recently, including the what we're calling out, what LeBron's calling the Rich Paul rule. Kind of debate that a little bit, Pat and myself, and talk. kind of just do a full recap and just finish off the season that was and in these up forthcoming weeks leading up to the next college basketball season, we're only, you know, two two or so months away, and we're, we're going to start doing some conference previews. So without further ado, let's talk about the Rich Paul rule. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, the NCAA just released a new rule, and they added criteria for specific agents. I'm reading this off of John Rothstein's tweet, him saying that new agents have to, for them to be able to represent student-athletes testing the waters for the NBA draft, they must have a bachelor's degree, be certified with the NBA PA for a minimum of three years, and take an in-person exam at the NCAA office in Indianapolis. Now, if you don't know already, the reason why people are calling this the Rich Paul rule is because he grew up with LeBron. He obviously didn't go to college and get a bachelor's degree, but he represents a ton of NBA clientele, including Darius Basley from last year. Now, if you remember, Darius Basley, who now got drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder, he had a quote-unquote internship with New Balance last year that paid him, what, a million or $2 million? And mm-hmm. essentially, it was just his way of getting out of, staying out of college for a year, getting paid, and then uh, declaring for the NBA draft this current year. And obviously, you know, the NCAA wasn't too happy about that. And that's why people are thinking this is kind of what they're doing with it and just trying to say, you know what, Rich Paul, we weren't happy with that. We're setting this criteria. Good luck. And what there are a lot of you know strings to this. There's a lot of things to talk about. Pat, why don't you give me your first reaction to hearing this? Now, obviously, throughout players and throughout you know uh, current players and former players, it was mostly outrage on social media mm-hmm. this you know release. But I want I want to get your opinion. I'll I'll state mine, and we'll kind of just go back and forth with this. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the initial reaction for. Um, you know, most most people that saw this rule was that it was directly targeted at Rich Paul. Um, you know, I've read other things that said that was not the case. They're trying to protect people from certain, you know, from other guys that don't really know what they're doing and not a guy like Rich Paul who's established, but, you know, other other guys that don't, that aren't real agents and give people empty promises, things like that. I can, you know, you can kind of believe both sides. Um, but either way, whatever the intention of the rule was, you know, I don't. I think it's pretty ridiculous to, um, you know, to have a have a rule that someone needs a bachelor's degree to be an agent. You know, it's not like exactly a professional skill. It's not something, you know, like a doctor or a lawyer that you need those, you know, that knowledge, that skill to do. It's kind of, you know, are you a people person? Do you know how to negotiate? You know, things like that. Um, you know, just use your natural intelligence. Um, you know, it's something like broadcasting like you don't need a degree for it. it it would definitely help to have a degree in broadcasting to do it but you don't need one you know cbs isn't going to turn down a great broadcaster because the guy doesn't have a college degree so i don't think it's necessary at all for someone to have a college degree i think that part of the rule you know is i i, I disagree with um 
as far as the you know the NBA PA thing, I think that's fine. And and even the in person test, you know, I, I'm I don't love that, but I think that's you know at least a lot more reasonable than than requiring a college degree. Yeah, you know, one thing for me is this was weird timing, right? Like this is just in the dead yeah, here, the weird. middle of the summer where nothing's going on and just randomly this gets released. Now, I don't know if you've heard anything recently. I have not, but I do want to bring up the first comment you made about, you know, it could be with other agents who aren't as professional and you just mentioned the withdrawal deadline. So for those of you who don't know, the withdrawal deadline um, was around like May 25th this year and players actually could declare for the draft, sign an agent and then still return to college if they didn't, want to officially declare for the draft they could just test the waters and still sign an agent any other year they didn't have to do this now i think maybe that's the most likely thing that happened was that this year there were a lot of agents you know that new agents coming in for kids that Mm -hmm. were testing the waters and were just tough to deal with i mean like we don't know there's no information out there right now for us to be able to clearly say, okay, this is directly related to the Rich Paul rule. Now, the bachelor's degree, like you mentioned, is definitely, you know, that definitely has a couple red flags around that. Um, and that definitely points to Rich Paul. But and, and you mentioned it. I mean, does a bachelor's degree really help you do anything, particularly for an agent? Experience is much more important, much mm-hmm. more important for these guys. And connections, you know? So, I mean, if anyone told you, hey, would you rather have Rich Paul's connections or a bachelor's degree? You go with the Rich Paul's connections and, exactly. you, and you laugh at them. And they're like, why, why would you ever even debate this? So, but anyway, getting back to it, maybe, now I'm going to throw out a hypothetical situation here. Maybe there were people that declared for the draft, had like relatives or people without any experience in it, represent them as agents, realize, hey, I can get a good payday if I tell him to declare for the draft and let him go wherever to sign a contract so I can get some money. And then the agent's like, hey, yeah, you know what? And maybe even lied to these players and said, hey, listen, yeah, there are a couple teams out there. They're definitely looking at you. You should stay in the draft. Maybe that was something that happened and led to this. That would be the only thing that would make sense for me that didn't directly relate to Rich Paul, you know? So that's that's kind of what's been going through my head. Again, weird timing. Not really sure why the NCAA went this route. But making sure that these student athletes are represented by good people is what's important. Now, I, I, I will say there's a possibility he didn't even take it as this. Because obviously Rich Paul is going to, you know, he has people working for him. There are people working for a clutch that Rich Paul doesn't have to be the one directly, you know, assigned to these kids, assigned to these student athletes testing mm-hmm. the waters. He can get people who have a bachelor's degree, who have taken an in-person exam, and who have been certified. I want to know. I'm going to hear from some of the other agents out there who have been doing this forever and wonder what – and I wonder what their opinion on this is because mm-hmm. if – for instance, I don't know about this in-person exam. I don't know at what time – or availability these I don't know what availability these agents have and if they have the time accessible to go to Indianapolis probably on their own dime and take this in-person exam I mean it just sounds 
It sounds kind of ridiculous. It really does. Now, again, I'm assuming, I'm hoping it's not directly related to Rich Paul, but the only thing I can surmise really is that, you know, the NCAA really looked down on that Darius Baisley deal that was happening, and it kind of all just blossomed from that. I don't know, Pat. Is, it, is that kind of what you're thinking, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, it's tough to say, you know, if it directly was made because of Rich Paul. I could definitely see both sides of it. And like you said, I'm sure there was players. Like, there's so many guys that did ultimately leave school and went undrafted. And, you know, there's probably some of them got some bad advice. And, um, you know, they, they're trying to make this rule, you know, in, in good heartedness to protect guys from, you know, receiving that bad advice and, you know, get, getting someone that, uh, you know, actually has some knowledge and has some some connections out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of, you know, you can't handhold guys. They got to kind of have that, uh, you know, foresight to do that on their own, do the due diligence, you know, connect with, a, with an agent that has some established uh, credibility. So, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly – um, this was aimed at Rich Paul or not, but I still disagree with the whole bachelor's degree part. I, I think it's kind of on the players to to try to, to find a good fit for them on their own. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. And obviously, it, it's tough for these kids. It's tough for the NCAA to make it to probably pass this rule because, you know, you're looking at these kids and just like you said, you know, it's up to these kids to make the right decision, but they are young. You know, they are 18, 19, whatever years old. 1820 for the most part. So, you know, when we put, when we're relying so heavily on them and then sometimes these agents can ruin their careers, it's, you know, maybe something Mm. has to be done. I don't know if it was, it should have been by the NCAA. I don't know if it should have been like, hey, you have to, I don't even know what it should have been. But yeah, with what you're saying, the bachelor's degree, that's definitely one of the ones that's like, okay, what, why? Like, why do we need that? So, anyway, with that being said, let's just segue. uh, Let's just transition ourselves real quick just to something we were just talking about. So, obviously, this year, like I had mentioned, was the first year players could declare for the draft, sign an agent, and return to college. You know, Miles Powell did that. Jaron Cumberland did that. There are a couple other guys. Pat, I want to get your thoughts. What what do you ultimately think of that whole process? Do you like it? Obviously, it leaves less times less time for NBA teams to, you know, make their final decision on guys because they don't really know who's going to stay in the draft till sometime in early June. Right. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever it was, um, that's, you know, just less time for NBA teams and all that. But anyway, with that new rule, what do you think of it? And do you think it's something they should keep going forward with? I do like the rule. You know, I do think it's nice to give kids the option to, you know, I mean, if it was even a few years before that where you couldn't test the waters, but so then they gradually moved to testing the waters, and then now they could have, you know, the counsel of an agent of someone representing them um, before they make their decision on when to come back. I, I do think it's a, it's a nice rule, and you know, just gives kids more options. And um, but the one thing I I don't like about it, and um, I, this is more of the college players uh, or on the college basketball side of things, is how late the deadline is. I think they need to move everything you know, a month up or so, because it really, you know, kind of screws some some coaches when they're out recruiting, you know, they don't know if, if their star player is going to, 
leave or not, if they have to go out and try to get another another guy to fill the roster, another freshman, another transfer, whatever it may be. It even hurts the um, NBA teams a little bit too with how late the deadline is because, you know, take a guy like Marcus Howard is a guy that probably most people thought was going to stay in the draft, um, NBA teams as well. And, uh, you know, he pulled his name out at the deadline and they have to all of a sudden all that time and, and resources they spent – you know, working out, looking into him, they have to completely, if they, if he was a guy they liked, they have to completely switch and, and, you know, go to another prospect, but they only have a couple of weeks before the draft. And so I think the timing aspect kind of hurts both NBA teams and, you know, college teams. And I just think that's something, if they move that up a month, if they make the deadline in May, it would just help everybody, players, college teams, NBA teams. I think it it just benefit all around. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one thing. So someone's getting screwed either way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. some someone's not benefiting from this. And my first thought is, you know, obviously the college the college players declaring for the draft, they are benefiting the most by far. And I like that. I do like right. that idea a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem then also is guys like Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony was waiting so long to declare because he didn't know if Kobe White was returning or staying in the draft. Now, for someone like Cole Anthony, who had plenty of options, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? He could have he could have waited as long as possible, and people were going to welcome him with open arms. But I'm thinking of even these lower guys who might only have one or two D1 offers, and maybe right. there's someone prominent in their organization that they're waiting, or for the college, they're waiting to see if they're going to stay in the draft, and they have to make a rash decision. decision. Right. I know Cincinnati was waiting forever to see what Cumberland was going to do. And he was actually one of the latest guys to return to college. So mm-hmm. to your point, yeah, people are kind of – someone's getting screwed here. I do like how the athletes are finally coming first. And I know it makes it harder for the recruiting trail for colleges because, I mean, I, honestly, like if you're in Murray State, you know, right. you probably had no idea – in the beginning of the season, John Morant was going to be the star point guard. You thought he was going to be there for a couple more years. And then he turns into this phenomenal point guard. And then you have to try to think, okay, now we're going to have to look for a point guard for next year. Cause he's probably going to declare. So, but for John Morant, the, not everyone's John Morant, right? There are guys who end up declaring out of nowhere. I mean, if you're Michigan state, you're probably looking at point guards, but then Cassius Winston r- returned right away which was surprising to me honestly so right you know every time i make an argument about this about this rule i see the other side of it right i see every side to this and kind of i can agree with everything kind of what you said even though i sort of disagree with hey you know what it's kind of screwing over the nba teams because it is but like i said someone's getting screwed over would rather i I would hate it if you know, these kids have to make a decision before the NBA draft combine or just like a day after the NBA draft combine, right? Or if they had to cut out a private workout because they didn't have enough time to look like work out for every single NBA team before deciding. So I I do like how they're given a lot of time to make this decision. For me, obviously, the one rule that's been different this year was the whole agent signing. You could sign an agent, then return. And that's made it even tougher, right? So in previous years, players would declare not sign an agent. And if you're an NBA team, you're kind of like, okay, you know what? They're probably going to return to college. It's, it's not looking likely they're going to stay in. Uh, but this year, obviously anyone who signed an agent, they could have done either thing. And you really didn't know where they were going with it today. This year was definitely the, the most 
uncertain one with regard to who was staying, who was coming back. So, uh, and honestly, in my head, just kind of running through some names I'm thinking of outside of the guys I mentioned, like Winston and Cumberland, there weren't that many prominent guys who decided to return, right? Uh, Namis Keita was another good prospect who decided to return, but Trey like Jones. Said, yeah, Trey Jones. Obviously, he was the big one. He happened a little earlier, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of these guys, um, they made it easier for these teams. But, you know, imagine if Trey Jones stayed in and didn't, if he stayed like three weeks longer and then decided to right. come back later, who knows what would have happened, right? I mean, Duke might have. Duke might have been able to grab Cole Anthony, but then Cole Anthony might have been stuck with Trey Jones. So there's so many things to juggle with this rule, with the agent signing. But in my opinion, the main point to take away, I do think, is that the players are being put first, and that's what's important. And that's what's actually also good about this, you know, latest NCAA rule, the Rich Paul rule, quote-unquote, is that it does seem like they're caring most for these student-athletes when, you know what, it, it is a little sketchy because the NCAA is a sketchy organization where they don't even pay their athletes, but it does seem like the NCAA is beginning to open up to the idea that, hey, you know what, yeah, our players should come first. Right. So in the past, it definitely hasn't been like that. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's what we got for you today. This was a short episode. We just wanted to run through that latest rule made by the NCAA and kind of just brief you on some things, our thoughts following the NBA draft anyway. So yeah. So like I said, in the beginning of this episode, we're going to go forward with some conference previews leading up probably our next episode, whether it's next week or the following week, probably within, I'd say 10 or so days, myself and Pat are going to talk about our favorite returning college basketball players as well as our favorite freshmen. That might be two separate episodes, but just look out for that coming forward. Anyway, again, thanks for listening in. This was the 10th episode of the Tank You NBA Draft Podcast. You have a good one.